America in Gridlock, 1985-1995, by Clarence B. Carson. Chapter 1. Introduction. Decades are sometimes given names which catch on. So it was with the gay 90s, the roaring 20s, and to a lesser extent the Depression era for the 1930s. Of course, decades do not arrive wrapped in packages with their names on them, nor do they have only one trait which permeates them, making it crystal clear what they should be called, and excluding all other possibilities. In fact, decades are more or less arbitrary divisions of time, beginning, say, with the first day of the first year, 1890, for example, and ending with the last day of the last year, 1899, to complete the example. But those who make use of the category decade are never so precise as that in their reckoning. Moreover, the decade, which is the focus of attention here, begins in the middle of one decade and ends past the middle of the next one. Further, if it has merit in calling attention to a dominant feature of this period, it was nonetheless taking shape before 1985 and may well last beyond 1995, and there is no intention to deny that many events and developments took place which had little or nothing to do with gridlock. Even so, it seems to the present writer to be quite descriptive of much that took place, and to give cohesion to these years better than any other which comes to mind. That is especially so in describing national political developments, but it has other dimensions as well. Literally, gridlock is supposed to occur when the roads into an intersection are so congested that none of the vehicles can move toward their destination. The result is also known as a traffic jam. The term may also be used figuratively or metaphorically, which is how it is being used as the theme for this book. Thus, politically, gridlock may be said to have occurred when opposing parties or forces are so arrayed against one another that little or nothing can be accomplished. The causes of the gridlock may be examined among the ideas, beliefs, and assumptions, as well as the habits and practices of the opposing sides. Of course, the country has not been literally gridlocked over the past decade, all movement has not stopped, nor have all changes been stymied. On the contrary, much has been done, by individuals, by groups, by organizations, by companies, and by government. Technological changes of considerable moment have taken place, International trade has burgeoned. Great political changes have occurred in Eastern Europe and Asia. Satellite transmissions have made communication around the world virtually instantaneous. Many new names and faces have gained attention nationally and internationally. These and many other changes will occupy our attention in the narrative that follows. Even so, gridlock is a very important metaphor to call attention both to the obstacles to change as well as to the absence of consensus in many areas. A decade is much too short a span of time to contain many sweeping historical events and developments. Often developments can be caught and described only in mid-stride, between their recent beginnings and their as yet inconclusive finish. The history of the decade just past partakes more of journalism than of history. The events are too close to us to have assumed a settled pattern. The immediacy of the events may make them more directly interesting, but they may serve more to jog our memory than to increase our wisdom. Be that as it may, there are several differences between this volume than the ones that preceded it. First, it specifically covers only eleven years. Second, some of the chapters are not preceded by a listing of events in a chronology. This has been made difficult in these cases, both by the shortness of the period and by the unavailability or inapplicableness of dated events to the subject matter.
Where possible, however, events are made precise by dates and other identifying characteristics. Third, the preponderance of the journalistic mindset has made the work of the historian, if anything, more difficult. The span of interest of journalists is more often days, weeks, months, rather than years, decades, and centuries. Historians must strive to focus on the longer view. The ubiquity of the camera and television has aggravated the problem of time focus. Television deals with the instantaneous, the momentary, with close-ups and distance shots of the passing scene. It captures some dramatic, stirring, or disturbing event in a less-than-two-minute sequence, and then passes on, perhaps never to return. Where it fits and what it means may be treated briefly or not at all. People acclimated to these presentations tend to become ahistorical, grasping neither the continuities nor the long-term developments which is the stuff of history. We are all influenced, whether we will or not, by the shortened perspective of the journalist and by the even shorter shifting sequences of television. To deal in a book with a decade is to move into a time frame closer to journalism than to history, and the temptations are great to move from topic to topic, all foreshortened like the sound bites of political ads. To be aware of these pitfalls may help us avoid some of them in examining the history of a decade.